It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. We're the defective characters. Three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience and recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Olaf. James here. Thanks, Olaf. And the opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship today sharing our experience with having a sober summer in episode 42 of the Defective Characters podcast. Let's go. I like how you're You're like having a sober summer? (laughs) (laughs) Well, like the the majority of the the world actually has seasons. Um, We actually kind of don't. We have what? Rainy season? Do you guys call it rainy season and then the rest of it? Well, we have hot, hottest season, and then, all right, I can sit outside today. So what is it right now? Now it's hot. Hot. And in like a month, it's going to be the hot air season. Because it's like 95 and heat index over 100. Yeah. I don't go on my, I I go bike riding after the sun is setting because it's actually bearable. Yeah. Which is actually real. We still got the breeze at night and it cools off. Hey, Ryan. But like in a month or so, it'll be like 80 degrees at night, 100% humidity. And you know what I think is funny? This is the hottest season and we decided, you know, the pandemic spiking up like crazy and we're just going to sit on a park bench and watch people run. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> that's where I'm in the nice AC, just so you know. There is a pandemic going on, so I oh, feel yeah. okay with that. Yeah. I feel, I feel like, what would a chef call the pandemic? Huh? Would it still be a pandemic? A frying pandemic? A frying <laughs> pandemic in the summer. I don't know. It just got me thinking. I thought you had a punchline. No. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things to say, when everybody, like, uh, you know, the gloom and doom sometimes in meetings, when you're somebody's like, oh, this is going wrong with me, I'll sit there and I'll go, oh, look on the bright side. And then... They'll sit and they'll be like, What's the bright side? I'm like, What do I gotta do? Everything for you? Just look. Just look at it. But to create this too this is like a second job that you give me. That's um, good. So I've tried to do it one step further by not offering advice unless they ask because I've learned the hard way that a lot of people don't want your help. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Or that's, my help. That's what makes a good sponsor, James. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Knowing that. So you guys, yes, even though uh, even though Florida's summer is pretty much all year round, uh, depending on who you ask, you guys actually got sober and entered the rooms during summertime. And I was curious what like what your take was. Who wants to go first, James or Dennis during that time? I only came in during summers because I was walking by and I noticed the AC was on and I was like, I'm going to go sit in there for a minute. That's so so that, that was true. it? That's completely <laughs> not true. <laughs> you didn't have AC in your house? I did. I was yeah. in, it wasn't true. <laughs> but tell but, me more. Tell me more. Yeah. I don't know. To me, kind of like what you said, like, I don't, like, I've lived in Florida my whole life, so I don't really have seasons. They all kind of blend together. 
Um, and me, I isolated so much. So I was trying to stay inside, whether it was winter or summer or whatever season. So I don't know how much I have on that concept. So can you imagine actually it, uh, so imagine if you had to go through the, the summer, I guess, stereotypes of things going on in the summer, whether it's barbecues, going out, cold drinks, going to the beach, going to the pool. Those people that are sober in the summer, they have to deal with those challenges. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that are, that are most difficult. Now, your case was a bit different because you tried isolating away from all that anyway. Yeah. But any advice to those people on uh, maybe things to do? And I, I want to well, get with you too, James, as far as entering the rooms during that time. And I, I kind of got a, a, a sense of where your mind's at too, Mike. So now I was, I was trying to figure out, like, why did he pick over and something? But now I kind of, just by a couple sentences you just said. Yeah. Well, I, I would think, like, for me, and it applies to all seasons or whatever, is that when we come in, you almost think like you're starting your life over, right? So there's going to be a lot of firsts that you have to do. So it's like you look at it like that. And barbecue you do with family or friends or whatever, people are going to have a nice cold beef or an eating hamburgers and hot dogs and stuff. It's going to be the hardest. But when you make it through that first, that second barbecue is going to be a little easier. The third one and the fourth one and stuff. So eventually where it's not going to even be an issue, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, James? Well, you know, when you when you came up with the topic uh, sober in the summer, I was just like, well, that that's summer, that's summer all the time. You know, it's so summer uh, sober all the time. Um, but um, I, I kind of get the, I, I, I remember feeling that just because I grew up in Alaska. So let me bring it back. Is that a blowfish? We're making blowfish sound effects. Okay, so just imagine, you know, in Alaska, you have about three months of summer. And our summers were going to the lake, Mirror Lake, which is ice cold. And the only way you could stay in the lake is if you were completely numb. And, um, you know, we had a lot of alcohol and marijuana, and that really fueled our summer. And for me anyways and the people i hung out with and so summer was great i i loved summer and then during the winter it was no different when i moved here when i was 18 um i really fell in love with the culture i lived in miami and just all the different kinds of women and you know drugs and alcohol was everywhere and you know it was like summer all the time for me and the problem with that is that after a while, it became like my only thought and it really stopped working. Like at first I thought it was cool that, you know, when I went to a, a kid's birthday party or a, a Christmas or anything, like the culture in Miami and with my ex was like everyone, they had bottles of Chivas and Hennessy and just all sorts of drinks. And like, I was like, I can deal with this. But after a while, I was the one like sneaking back into the house when everyone was playing with fireworks and just filling up my glass over and over again, and getting drunk and making a fool out of myself, you know. For me, 
it's not what season it is. It's what you, your mind tells yourself. And for me, like it, it was just such a devastating blow at first to find out I was alcoholic and I could not drink ever again like I used to. And then I realized that I couldn't drink ever again, ever. Um, you know, I didn't know what to do. And so when I went to AA, you know, they kind of teach you. They te- what, in our morning meeting, actually today, we went over um, a Living Sober book. And uh, it's one of the AA-approved literature. And it, it kind of teaches you, um, like, situations like this. Like if you see a, a beer on a sign or you see a lot of people drinking Corona at the pool, like you get this feeling. Like for me, like I don't get that anymore because I've replaced that feeling. Like I can see into the future and I know that if I have one or two Coronas, that's not going to be it for me. I'm going to be calling dealers and I'm going to be getting all sorts of mayhem and and it's not going to be a good alternative. And then I have to start my program over. And so I'm like, oh, God, I can't do that. And I feel like I'm rambling now, but. Oh, good. I'm not the only one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you guys are both ramblers. Yeah, we're rambling. <laughs> I'm kidding. So I don't even know if I answered the question. Yeah. <laughs> Was there, like for me, there's a, a memory that, that sticks out of, I would always look forward to summer because the last uh, few summers that I drank every single opportunity that I had on the weekends would be uh, like downtown Burlington. They had a street that was uh, like cobblestone and there were no cars allowed to drive on it. And they had bar after bar after bar. And I would make sure that I would pregame so that way I didn't have to spend a lot of money in those places and I would already be pretty much hammered by the time I got there. So that way I could, uh, you know, go from place to place, not have to have a drink at every single one, but be really, really drunk. And every Saturday night that I would go down there, there would be some sort of drama, either physical or definitely emotional, that I would have to go through and fights that I would get in um, and get thrown out of places or get cut off, which was almost worse. It was almost better if I got thrown out because it seemed to me like, uh, yeah, I'm a man. You know, I drank that much and got into a fight and I got thrown out as opposed to if you get cut off, it's emasculating. I'm a man! You know, and quite the opposite, which is pretty crazy because essentially it's the same thing just without the action, you know? It's the crazy perceptions that we have. Like, we're so drunk. We're like, yeah, I accomplished something because I, <laughs> I got in a fight, got my ass kicked, and got thrown out in the middle of the street. But they didn't cut me off. <laughs> they did cut you off. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't see it like that. But, um, like, for me, because when I entered the rooms, it was in September. So I had essentially, like, eight months until I had to deal with the first summer of not actually be able to uh, experience what a ice cold drink on a hot summer day was or like pool parties, everything else. So I had a firm basis. I always say, you know, I'm grateful whenever I came in. Some people, their sobriety date is, you know, uh, January 1st. You know, some people it's after St. Patrick's Day. I'm, I'm really glad that mine was at the tail end of summer. You know, the, the only downside. 
Yeah, this was in Vermont. So this is when I actually had seasons. So the first year and a half that I had, which, you know, I don't know, I think is the toughest that I've dealt with uh, because I was learning a new way of life. Um, I experienced that with seasons. So, you know, as much as you guys and we talked about how to stay sober during the holidays uh, in a previous episode to a lot of people, summer, this is a holiday. And instead of it just being a month of time in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, this is three months of you have to endure the feeling of not being equal when it comes to going to a barbecue or going to a pool party, going to the beach, doing anything. Even my friends would sneak drinks into movie theaters in the summertime and we would go do that and sit in the AC and that would be the thing. Um, you know, got, and, and I remember like the bottle tipped over and it rolled all the way down. <laughs> yeah. And that, like that, um, like those challenges and, my first uh, sponsor said, because I said, well, what about non-alcoholic beer? You know, is that okay? And he's like, you know, there's alcohol in there, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not just the action. Did you guys dabble in any of that? No. No, I didn't. Do you know of anybody that did? Um, yeah, my, my sponsor tells a story. And he, he would tell it a lot better than me. But I guess oh, in, when he went on the boat ride? Yeah, on his first year, <laughs> he was going on a boat ride with someone, and like two people that were in recovery. And they, you know, when you go on a boat ride, one of, part of the tradition is you stop at the gas station to load up on ice and fill you coolers and all of that. <laughs> so he goes in, and everyone, like the other two people are loading up the truck and the boat and stuff, and he comes out with a case of old duels. <laughs> and they're like, what? What are you doing? You can't do that. He's like, it's not alcoholic. It's like, no. <laughs> so then he, he had to like do the walk of shame and take it back. And like, then he got oh, he lost. Oh, he left it on the dock. Oh, he left it on the dock? Yeah. <laughs> See, he would tell the story better than me. Well, it sounds like almost anybody would at yeah. this point. <laughs> um so how about okay so we know that uh you know oduls and the near beers those have alcohol have you guys tried what's your thought about like a mocktail if you will so just like a essentially a smoothie yeah. uh like a virgin one of those have you tried those well i think like i mean i've had smoothies and i've had orange juice and pineapple juice and cranberry juice and stuff but i think one thing that is important to point out you know, in our book, it talks about when we go to like parties and stuff, it's about what of our intentions and with like m- mocktails and stuff like that is like, are we romanticizing it? Are we like trying to live vicariously through these actions we're taking and the other people that are around us? Or do we really just want to have an orange juice? You know what I'm saying? So when we start like romanticizing it and trying to relive those experiences just without the alcohol, we end up like cheating ourselves in a way because it's we're we'll forget the bad stuff. We won't play the the you know tape through. So you might enjoy the moment or whatever with a little fruity drink with an umbrella in it, but then one of those parties we might oh just a little dab of it won't hurt or whatever, and then you're off to the races. So it, to me, it's really about like, what are your intentions? What are you doing? Are you playing a fantasy game? Because eventually that'll bite you in the ass. Or you really just want to have a smoothie. You know? Yeah. What do you think, James? 
in the past year, I went to um, a funeral and I went to a wedding. And both times, everyone was drinking, it seemed like. And uh, I got a soda water and I put a little lime in it. And I absolutely love that combination. And I walked around completely sober without anyone knowing anything differently. And people would assume I'm drinking. And it felt like I was kind of undercover. It was really cool. But, you know, I didn't have any thoughts of drinking or romanticizing it. So I'm all about mocktails as long as it's, you know, zero percent. And, you know, and when people, if they don't ask, I don't tell. You know, if someone asks me, are you, what are you having? I tell them a soda water with lime. You know, I'm, I'm not ashamed of my sobriety today. And um, I'm, uh, yeah. What do you think? Yeah. And, and these, are, these are just our opinions, by the way. So if your sponsor tells you something different and you're listening, He's probably right. She's probably right. Um, for, for me, the, much the same, like w- within my job, <laughs> job, there's a lot of concerts that I go to and I uh, get offered quite a bit as far as, oh, do, do a shot. Hey, let's go do this. And I stick to one day at a time. I say, no, I'm not drinking today because as we come in the rooms, there's a lot of people that um, – I know I did. I got really stressed out thinking, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to get through this? You know, how is this supposed to happen? Uh, You know, you're at a wedding, you mentioned, and they say cheers, you know, hey, cheers, you know, and they everybody puts it up or they pass around the complimentary uh, champagne, you know, and there are a couple tricks that I don't know. I don't know if we mentioned before, but if you're at a situation like that, you can very easily take your uh, wine glass or champagne glass and just flip it upside down on uh, the brim. And that's supposed to tell the uh, waiter, waitress, or what do you call them? Like people that serve, yeah. servers, Sir, servers. That, that you're not actually having, you know, you don't drink. You're not ha- having it that day. And I've, uh, the good ones, they'll actually just fill it up with apple, uh, apple juice, you know. So that way I don't have to deal with it or apple cider. And I like that. I like the fact that that's a thing because it's a conversation that doesn't have to be said. When I'm at concerts, I will get a Red Bull and put it into a cup with ice. And if I have to do any stage announcements or anything else, I will cheers the crowd with my Red Bull. And a Red Bull looks like it could be a beer. So... (laughs) I'm not I'm not lying. If somebody said, hey, what's what's in your cup? I'll tell them. But I'm also um, I I don't know, man. I think people get weird and it doesn't matter that they get that way. It doesn't like make me mad. But I just don't want to have that conversation because it's none of their business. And uh, the best possible thing is I also always make sure that I know where my drink is and I don't put my drink down. And if I put it down especially if it's like a mocktail situation, I will every single time make sure if I'm having a refill that I tell them exactly what I'm drinking, you know? And if it tastes a little funny, I'll ask my wife to actually try it out. You know, I'll say, does this taste like, okay. Cause I hold myself accountable. And I think that's the only thing you can do is make sure that you hold yourself accountable, you know? into those situations. And I do have mocktails. Now, when I go on a cruise, um, you know, I will get the smoothie package and the first couple of cruises I didn't 
because I felt like it would be too much, you know. And I think the important thing is just being honest of how you're feeling. I think that's like what Dennis said, like kind of like touching on that to make sure that you know. How, how did you put it, Dennis? Well, what your intentions are. Intentions, yeah. Are you romanticizing living a fantasy of drinking again or are you just enjoying the moment? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think those things are are big. Um, anything else as far as summer? Any other scenarios that you guys want to bring up? Well, I, I think one thing that's important is that there are just like I, we probably touched on on the, on the holiday episode and stuff is that we have tools that we can do. You know, if you're worried about going to an event or especially like a concert or anything like that or to the beach, bring an alcoholic with you. You know, you can bring a friend or whatever that's there so you're not dealing with it alone. So if you feel awkward or got to leave or whatever, you can talk to them. Another thing is to drive yourself there so you're not trapped. So if, if all of a sudden it becomes too overwhelming or whatever and you need to get out, you can just excuse yourself politely and leave. Um, another thing is have your, have your sponsor on speed dial. You know, it only takes five seconds to step away and call your sponsor or someone in the program and be like, look, this is what I'm dealing with and work through it real quick. Um, yeah, and I think like, you know, once you go through these situations, you know, the, going to the beach for the first time, going to the movies with your friends or whatever you do during the summer, it's it it truly is like experiencing it for your first time again. And one thing that you realize is that, especially early on, is that you can learn to have fun without alcohol, you know, and that's I think is important is like, when you do these experiences and you get through these things then you realize that like, I don't need alcohol to live anymore. Like life can be fun and enjoyable and I can be in the moment with the birds chirping and the wind breeze blowing and just have fun. You and guys, I, I just got a, um, my wonderful wife just stepped in the room. You can ask her anything you want, Mike. So, so Hey T how's it going? Hi friends. Hey, so we're talking about uh, having a sober summer and maybe things you do if you're in situations that I know in Florida, like we have summer all the time, but those traditional like summer uh, pool parties or barbecues or going out with friends to the beach and things like that and how you stay sober in the summer, whether it's a prayer you say to yourself, an escape plan, a drink that you bring with you, like what does summer look for you like for you? All of the above. What a great question. Um, you know, for me, I do many of the same things I do on a regular basis, which I make sure I wake up and I thank God for another sober day. And I ask him to help me um, stay clean and sober for the day. You know, I ask him to relieve me of any obsession or desire to want to drink and to uh, make me available to serve him and others. So I feel like that clears some space for me to walk through the day with some feeling of peace and ease that I don't have to fight the drink. And then I can uh, spend time trying to experience and share whatever the day has for me. And if I'm going to an event where I know that there might be beverages or alcohol or something that I know I can't put into my body 
you know, before I walk into the event, I, I do a similar short for, form of that prayer. Um, and then I ask God to go ahead of me and clear the space to keep the space around me safe. And I find that when I do that, I'm generally more attentive to the people who I'm with and I'm less distracted by things that might uh, keep me from experiencing a sober you know, moment or event. I always have an escape strategy, always. If I feel uncomfortable, at least one other person who's there knows that it doesn't have to be that I'm in recovery, but just knows that if uh, I'm feeling uncomfortable, I'm going to do X or Y or Z. Uh, I can always pick up the phone, excuse myself, and call my anybody in fellowship, probably my husband and my sponsor, if it gets to be that situation. And just generally, I do my best not to put myself in um, a place where I feel like I won't feel safe. And that's probably my first line of defense. And generally, at the end of the day, I can go to sleep and thank God for keeping me sober and a glorious day. I love that. Thank you, T. Do you have anything that you want to share with if, if somebody's going through their first summer in sobriety? Uh, I know when you came in, that was pretty much summertime, even though it's in Florida. So uh, maybe some of those feelings, if they're going through this, and especially summer 2020, it's a heck of a lot different because of the pandemic. Wow, yes, it's definitely a different environment with the pandemic. When I was going through my first summer in sobriety, and it was summer because my sobriety date was June 2nd, 2017. So the first half of my summer, <laughs> the first half of my sobriety, at least that first year, where, you know, the summer months, my math might not yeah. be. But <laughs> so I had July 4th, um, not too many holidays in August, but Labor Day weekend and some of the holidays that I used to drink very heavily. So, you know, when whenever I felt any type of dis-ease or discomfort or irritability, I just surrounded myself with people in the fellowship. And I made sure that I went to meetings because meetings help ground me at least for that hour of the meeting. If I was feeling particularly uncomfortable, at that time we didn't have transportation, so I learned to ask for help. So I got rides to meetings and tried to participate in some of the young people events. And I just put myself in places where I was surrounded with people who made me smile. And if I felt uncomfortable, I always made sure I had a buddy that I could say I felt uncomfortable with. I made sure in that first part of that first summer that I had people who were in recovery that I could honestly say to them, I don't feel well and I don't want to be here. And uh, they would they would be willing to help me or move me or you know get me to a safe place. And when I didn't have that, if I was by myself, um, I would just pray. Uh, I listened to a lot of music and um, you know, I was just learning how to meditate. So sometimes I would just put a timer on and, and um, you know, some, some sweet sounding tune or background noise or something that, that helped. And um, I just reminded myself that there were a zillion, if that's a number, other people who had been through this before. And I knew that if they could do it, I could do it too by the grace of God. And I just did it one day at a time. Love that. Yeah, we, yeah. T we talked on fellowship uh, last week, and especially there was a, a group of guys, one guy that uh, 
I was good friends with him, still good friends with in Vermont, had just picked up 34 years in sobriety. And every single weekend, he would, would invite me to a pool party with a bunch of people that had a bunch of time and had, um, you know, the time under their belt, I think, is a great thing because then they were able to teach me a lot. And they taught me a lot, sometimes by not saying very much. I would just watch their actions, you know, and it's funny how um, if you think about it, when you come into the rooms, you know, we joke about, you know, baby Dennis and everything else, but we're all pretty much babies. The learning process is so insane. If you actually go to a meeting a day and just sit and listen and actually start working the steps, the the, the growing that actually happens is is just wild, you know, and I, I never thought it actually existed. I didn't think it was uh you know, I didn't think this life was possible. So, uh, thank you, T. You're thank welcome. You. And baby Dennis and James both helped to keep me sober. They all had, both of them had amazing things to say to me, especially when I was feeling uncomfortable. I always left with a smile. A smile. So they were good people to keep around. Even De- even Dennis did that. She's just throwing it in so I don't feel bad. That's that's the truth. I love you guys. I love you and I love what you're doing here. The service is great. Well, thank you for letting us uh, have James uh, once a week. Rolled in my studio. I don't know what's up. (laughs) You need to get a lock on your door, James. Come on. (laughs) I just picked you up a deadbolt. I'll I'll ship it over. Uh, We'll be good. Um, do you guys I, want I to wanted start... to say that um, because she brought yeah. up the, the or so who just brought up the oh it was you the, who brought up the the pool party with the the sober old timers we since pretty much the first two weeks we've had a a gentleman named Jeff and Jeff came to celebration he met Talitha and I invited us to his house where he has parties every Friday and. Since that that second week we got sober, you know, in celebration, we met him. He's never been back to that meeting, which is like one of those God instances because he lives way out in Winter Park. And since then, he is every single Friday without fail. He sent us like an invitation to like it's a game night with food. And he's like and there's usually about 20 people there. And he stopped for a while with the pandemic. He has then he has since started back up, which I I have mixed feelings about that because we're in the middle of a pandemic. But it's is really it because cool. the food selection has gone gone no, downhill? We're in the middle so, of a pandemic, and there's, there's like twenty people there, and who knows where any of them have been? Whatever. I'm, oh, I know where they've been. That's disgusting. to a meeting. <laughs> right. So so summer summer twenty twenty. Do you guys have any ideas if, if somebody's listening and they're like, what the heck can I do uh, not get out of the house uh, to stay sober and enjoy the summer? I'm just kind of springing this on you. And no, I don't really have any suggestions myself. Well, a Minecraft update yesterday so they can play the <laughs> Minecraft. <laughs> the Nether update was released. Yay. <laughs> is, that, is that good? Is that that's, a, that's a good thing? Oh, it's an amazing thing. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I guess one thing that I recommend is just binging as many episodes of Defective Characters podcast as you want. And this is number 42. So they're each about a minimum 30 minutes. So I would say you have a good 20 plus hours that you can enjoy. Wait, isn't that the answer to Universe and all of his questions? 42? 
No, yeah, 42. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Summer is the answer. It's also Jackie Robinson's number. Uh-huh. That's a baseball player. Yep. I I would say, like, like it is summer, and what do we want? We want to get outside. You know, we've been cooped up a lot. I mean, yeah, the, the pandemic is still going on, so we got to be extra vigilant with our mask and our distancing and all of that kind of stuff. But there are some things that we can do. Like, you can still go out and take a bike ride, you know, and enjoy the weather. You can uh, go fishing at a lake or somewhere. Like, there, there's, you know, it might not be a best idea to go to beaches and crowded areas and stuff like that. But there are little things that we could do that we normally definitely wouldn't do. We might find that we like it. Like, I never went bike riding before and stuff. And, like, taking, like, evening bike rides and stuff I found is actually, like, relaxing and stuff and and it's good fellowship because we do it with a group of guys and we're all distanced and everything else but we're outside we're getting some exercise and you know i think yeah i don't know james any suggestions well other than minecraft can we go to a casino mike sure i we could (laughs) put it all put it all on black uh for full transparency i am (laughs) anti-gambling I don't think it's a smart idea, especially for someone like me who's in an the, alcoholic. In the recovery world, we call Dennis a fun suck. He sucks the fun out of any. Uh, how about this? Oh, come on, gambling or bicycles? Okay. Come on. Those were there were some good suggestions in there. The last thirty something minutes. Um, so try, try those on. And how about this? The summer summer drink that your go to summer drink, uh, Dennis. If there's one summer drink. Ice coffee and water. Mm. Lots of water. I would say those. I also been getting into some uh, some Fresca. Some uh, it's what, is, a, what is Fresca? It's a grapefruit soda. Ooh, grapefruit. zero zero Gross. calories. I don't like grapefruit. It's pretty solid, James. I do a lot of uh, the Publix Bogo. They get a buy one get one free every uh, Thursday. They come out with a new one, and I always get the buy one get one uh, soda water, flavored soda water, whatever it is. So I've got like. Four 12 packs stocked up. Uh, those wow. are super refreshing. Um, I've I've really gotten into Mountain Dew Zero because as a kid I loved Mountain Dew. I drank so much of it and I ruined my teeth. And um, but now I get to drink it again because it tastes just like regular Mountain Dew. And finally, I've just started drinking hot tea. And I I drink that whenever I'm hungry or after a meal. Uh, because it, I just love sitting down and doing nothing and just sipping on tea. It's maybe because I'm 40 now, but it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> it it could be. I'm, I'm I'm a proponent of hot tea, especially like at night. You're watching a movie or something and yeah. chill. It's almost like it's like a nightcap almost, but not as toxic. Mm. Yeah. Truth be told, I uh, I started a, a Zoom meeting with Dennis and James and caught them both drinking hot tea. <laughs> While playing backgammon and crocheting, so I don't know. I don't know what's happening, guys. Uh, oh, you're just not up to what's cool these days. Yeah, you know, we're well, in a, a throwback vintage here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're not playing Fortnite. Uh... Oh no, we don't play Fortnite. No, we're not. We're not, we're not doing like zero scope snipers. Yeah, we're not. We're, yeah, it's Minecraft. We're at Minecraft. That's that's right. So. uh well, is there anything else you guys want to want to toss out there? Happy happy summer. This is going to be a good time. And you yeah. know what? People might be listening to this happy in October. Summer. Who knows? 
I really want to go to the swimming pool, but I'm getting mixed messages from my mother-in-law and my wife. Like, yeah, you might want to not go to the pool. I'm like, oh. well, it, well, let me tell you, it's it's a little iffy. So, yeah, um, fa- Father's Day uh, weekend, I had planned to go to Aquatica, which is a, it's SeaWorld. It's their water park. Yeah. And I went to check it out like a good dad a couple days early. And no one, as soon as you enter the gate, everybody takes their face masks off. <laughs> and more and more people were putting the water from the lazy river into their mouth and spitting it out. And I'm like, it just doesn't seem like I'm like, I'm definitely going to get this if I bring my daughter here and do Father's Day. So I would say pools. You know, I, th- I think like now with everything going on in the world, it's definitely a time for a little discernment. Just yeah. because we can doesn't mean we should. Sure. You know, we got to take the precautions because especially in Florida where we are an epicenter now, you know, so it's definitely be vigilant. You can always put cold water in your bathtub and put a little ocean sound on it and relax. Ooh. You know what? And if you don't have a bathtub, fill up that sink, you know. Just plop, plop your booty in the sink. Yeah, or get it'll, a bucket. If your feet are in the water, it'll feel the it's, same. It's put a, a fan on you. Yeah, it's like a full-time bidet. You can yeah. just put it in there. And then if you got one of those sprayers, just have your significant other do a little spray job, and you'll be good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. My, uh, mm-hmm. Huh? Or a good friend. Wait, you know what? Have, this is a family show. It was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was family show ended in episode 41. Now we're going hardcore. <laughs> All right, so no pool now. What I was- Don't, no, yeah, no pool. No pool. <laughs> you know what? If you do, at least give us a recap next week. Let us know how it went for you, okay? Yeah, I, it's kind of like those one of those things where I, I mentioned I was thinking about taking the kids to the pool, and my wife's like, "Oh, is your stomach feeling okay?" <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I was gonna say, but she kind of. Yeah. She's like, "You oh, cleaned it up." Yeah, you cleaned well, it. You cleaned it up. I don't, I don't think that the pool is a wise choice, but it is ultimately your choice. And she like leaves. It is. That. I'm like, oh man. Yeah, it is a choice. Yeah, it's it's not a command. It's a suggestion. Oh, what one thing I wanted to say is, it's funny how when Talitha walked in here, she she had been upstairs, and she basically summarized everything all three of us had said in one little share and she threw god in there it was quite amazing to listen to that i I noticed that (laughs) it's always good would you guys say god is like the uh the parsley of any dish you just kind of sprinkle it at the top (laughs) no No. i I think i think i think god's probably the the meat and the potatoes and then all the stuff we say is the parsley it's the parsley Okay, we'll be back next week on the Parsley Podcast, hanging out with you. Oh, talking you about Parsley, well, if you chew on it, it's like a breath freshener. I, I realized, I, someone told me that. If you huh. chew gum, you can chew on wow. it. I did not know that. I will, call up, I will call up my friend at Wrigley and let him know that he should uh, put together a new gum. Parsley flavored <laughs> gum. Yeah, good old parsley peppermint. So, thanks guys. Thanks for uh, putting up with us. Uh, Are you guys at the lake, by the way? Yeah, we're wow. we're at the lake. Oh, we didn't set the scene. D- Dennis, you want to set the scene on the back end of this? Where we're at? Uh, we're sitting on a nice classic 
cart bench, the wooden paneled kind. It looks looks like what Forrest Gump was sitting on. Exactly like what Forrest Gump was sitting on. Underneath the shade of two trees, one oak and one some kind of fern. Sycamore. In front of a lake with bright orange and yellow flowers blooming in front of us. A nice cool breeze. We got the skies like a Simpson sky with the bright blue vibrant background with the white poofy clouds. A nice reflection of a Victorian style, main style, like reflection of a building. And there's a man running by us. We've had a lot of people walk by. We've had a a bunch of random people walk by and say good morning to us. We had two people from the fellowship walk by and say good morning to us. Ryan, who was the other one? Uh, Kit walked by. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) No kidding. It's a beautiful morning. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. Or maybe it's a great night whenever you're listening to this. You know, it could be. Here's Ryan again. Could be rainy. Ryan, come just say hi. Just say hi. Say hi. Uh, He said hello. I don't know if that picked up. but Have a good day, Ryan. Yeah, he said goodbye. So, uh, well, that's 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 another thing you can do in the summer is run. You could. He's running a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. We used to run away from our problems. Now we run for fun. Actually, <laughs> so How many times are we going to end this podcast? I know, <laughs> man, I've been trying the last 25 minutes, man. Uh, we'll, we will be back next Thursday sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you on episode 43, where the defective character is entirely ready to have all these character defects removed. Remember, do the summer song. In summer. Uh, that'll do it. And we'll oh, see you next time. <laughs>